Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and you've reached the Book of Mormon Lecture Series. I've been teaching seminary and institute for the last 11 years, and uh, this is an attempt to do a deep dive into the Book of Mormon itself. I'm hoping that you'll find this uplifting and edifying. This is not an official recording of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but every attempt has been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. So if you're ready for a deep dive into the Book of Mormon, here we go. Hi, and welcome back to the Book of Mormon podcast. This is going to be for Mormon chapter 6. And so now we're getting to the very end of the Nephites. The Nephite nation will be destroyed here in this chapter, uh, one of the saddest chapters we have in the Book of Mormon. Let's proceed. Verse 1, And now I finish my record concerning the destruction of my people, the Nephites. And it came to pass that we did march forth before the Lamanites, and I, Mormon, wrote an epistle unto the king of the Lamanites, and desired of him that he would grant unto us that we might gather together our people unto the land of Cumorah, by a hill which was called Cumorah, and there we would give them battle. Among scholars, two, two schools of thought have developed. The friendly controversy still goes on. The one camp, holding that the only Cumorah in or out of the Book of Mormon is the traditional one in New York State, the other supporting the view that the Cumorah in New York has been named after the one in Middle America, but is not the one around which the, great, the last great battles of the Nephites and the Lamanites took place. Now, which of these two points of view is correct? It would be desirable, if possible, to come to a unity in the matter. Truth should never be on the defensive, but sometimes it is hard to decide just where it is. Perhaps most people of the church hold to the traditional view of Cumorah, and indeed, I have defended that view in some of my writings. But in recent years, we have again gone over the Book of Mormon evidence very carefully and are prepared to present what we feel are the elements of the strongest case that can be made for a Cumorah in Middle America. And that was out of the book, uh, or the publication of Farms, uh, the Journal of the Book of Mormon Studies. Harabudi said, don't be too concerned over Book of Mormon geography. Some say the Hill Cumorah was in southern Mexico, and someone pushed it down still farther, and not in western New York. Well, if the Lord wanted us to know where it was, or where Zarahemla was, he'd, he'd have given us latitude and longitude, don't you think? And why bother our heads trying to, to discover which, or with archaeological certainty, the geographical locations of the cities of the Book of Mormon, like Zarahemla? And so that's, uh, we don't need to worry too much about uh, geography of places. Don't worry about it. Verse 3, And it came to pass that the king of the Lamanites did grant unto me the thing which I desired. And it came to pass that we did march forth to the land of Cumorah, and we did pitch our tents around about the hill Cumorah, and it was in a land of many waters, rivers and fountains. And here we had hope to gain advantage over the Lamanites. And when 380 and four years had passed away, we had gathered in all the remainder of our people unto the land of Cumorah. And it came to pass that when we had gathered in all our people in one of the in one to the land of Cumorah, behold, I, Mormon, began to be old. Mormon's now about 74 years old. And knowing it to be the last struggle of my people, and having been commanded of the Lord that I should not suffer the, the records which had been handed down by our fathers, which were sacred, in other words, brass plates, large plates of Nephi, small plates of Nephi, and gold plates of Mormon, to fall into the hands of the Lamanites, for the Lamanites would destroy them. Therefore, I made this record out of the plates of Nephi and hid up in the hill Cumorah all the records which had been entrusted to me by the hand of the Lord, save it were these few plates which I gave unto my son Moroni. So it sounds like um, Mormon in his writing this epistle to uh, the Lamanite king, uh, it gives him some time then to uh, put together the, the plates and to bury them so that uh, when they become... Um, 
destroyed by the Lamanites. At least the record will, be, will have been hidden away before that. Before the last great battle ensued between the Nephite and Lamanite armies at Camorra in the, in the year 385 AD, Mormon entrusted the plates containing his abridgment of the plates of Nephi to his son Moroni. Nevertheless, after the battle in which he was wounded, Mormon again obtained the plates and added some final records or final words found in chapters 6 and 7, respectively, of the book called after his own name. All of the other records of his people he had previously hit up in the Hill Cumorah. Therefore, I made this record, the Book of Mormon, out of the plates of Nephi and hit up in the Hill Cumorah all the records which had been entrusted to me by the hand of the Lord, save it were these few plates, which I gave unto my son Moroni. In other words, the Book of Mormon explicitly states that the records hidden in the Mesoamerican Camorra were not the plates of the Book of Mormon, but were the other records of the Nephites. Mormon chapter 6 verse 6 specifically states that all the Nephite records except the Book of Mormon plates were buried in the hill Cumorah near the narrow neck of land by Mormon, not Moroni. Nowhere in the Book of Mormon does it state where the Book of Mormon plates were finally buried. Verse 7, And it came to pass that my people with their wives and their children did now behold the armies of the of the Lamanites marching towards them and with that awful fear of death which fills the breasts of all the wicked did they await to receive them Hugh Nibley said in the last scene the Nephites are allowed the melancholy and terrifying privilege of invo of enjoying one last tremendous spectacle the full dress approach of their executioners the account of the gathering of all the Nephite people in the lands around Cumorah and the way Mormon refers to his women and children, men and people, somewhat interchangeably introduces some ambiguity into his account. Could it have been that in their last-ditch effort at survival, preparing as they were for a prearranged great battle, Mormon and the 22 other leaders divided the whole Nephite people, rather than just the armies, into contingents of 10,000 each? If so, the victims of the slaughter at Cumorah were 230,000 men, women, and children, all of the Nephites who had gathered around Cumorah. President Hinckley said, in the, in the eventual terrible slaughter which occurred between the Lamanites and the Nephites, he watched the destruction of 230,000 Nephite warriors, including his own 10,000. He was a witness to that awful carnage when the Nephite men, with their wives and children, saw the armies of the Lamanites marching towards them, and with that awful fear of death, which fills the breasts of all the wicked, did they await to receive them. Verse 8, And it came to pass that they came to battle against us, and every soul was filled with terror because of the greatness of their numbers. And it came to pass that they did fall upon my people with the sword, and with the bow, and with the arrow, and with the axe, and with all manner of weapons of war. And it came to pass that my men were hewn down, yea, even my ten thousand who were with me. And I fell wounded in the midst, and they passed by me, that they did not put an end to my life. And when they had gone through and hewn down all my people, save it were twenty and four of us, among whom was my son Moroni, and we, having survived the dead of our people, did behold on the morrow, when the Lamanites had returned unto their camps, from the top of the hill Cumorah, the ten thousand of my people, who were hewn down, being led in the front by me. So it sounds like Mormon and Moroni are engaged heavily in this battle. They're at the front fighting with the idea that the records had been, had been stored, had been hidden. And so if they died, it didn't matter, because the record would, uh, would have been kept safe. Verse 12, And we also beheld the ten thousand of my people who were led by my son Moroni. And behold, the ten thousand of Gidgadonah had fallen, and he also in the midst. And Lamah had fallen, and his ten thousand. And Gilgal had fallen with his ten thousand. And Limnah, 
or Limha had fallen with his 10,000, and Janiam had fallen with his 10,000, and Kumaniha, and Moroniha, and Antionum, and Shiblam, and Shem, and Josh had fallen with their 10,000. Notice that the names that he names 12 men, maybe he was symbolically saying that the remnant of Israel had fallen. And it came to pass that there were 10 more who were who did fall by the sword with their 10,000 each. Yea, even all my people, save it were those 20 and four who were with me, 230,000 killed in the battle, and also a few who had escaped into the south countries, and a few who had deserted over into the Lamanites had fallen, and their flesh and bones and blood lay upon the face of the earth, being left by the hands of those who slew them to molder upon the land, and to crumble and to return to their mother earth. Elder Holland said, Mormon himself fell wounded, but his life for a time was spared as the Lamanite army swept on. Only he, Moroni, and 22 other Nephites remained. 230,000 of their nation had fallen. The scope and significance of that horrible slaughter may be seen more readily when we realize that the great American Civil War of the 1860s, the costliest war in terms of human life that the United States has ever known, took the lives of 140,000 men in a five-year period. Here, 230,000 fell in a single day. Verse 16, And my soul was rent with anguish because of the slain of my people, and I cried, O ye fair ones, how could ye have departed from the ways of the Lord? O ye fair ones, how could ye have rejected that Jesus who stood with open arms to receive you? Elder Maxwell said, He is the keeper of the gate, and he employeth no servant there. Those who reject him will miss out on a special personal moment, because as he laments, he has stood with open arms to receive you. The unfaithful along with the faithful might have been clasped in the arms of Jesus. The imagery of the holy temples and holy scriptures thus blend so beautifully, including things pertaining to sacred moments. This is the, great mo the grand moment toward which we point and from which we should not be deflected. Hence, those who pass through their fiery trials and still acknowledge uh, and still acknowledge but trust his hand now will feel the clasp of his arms later. Verse 18, Behold, if ye had not done this, ye would not have fallen, but behold, ye are fallen, and I mourn your loss. Q. Nibley said, The tragedy of the Book of Mormon is not what became of the Nephites, but what the Nephites became. Ezra Taft Benson said, Great nations do not fall because of external aggression. They first erode and decay inwardly, so that, like rotten fruit, they fall of themselves. The strength of a country is the sum total of the moral strength of the individuals in that country. Hugh Nibley again said, The fog and horror of battle pursue us right up to the end. The nation completely in arms at Camorra with trained, experienced warriors, all a splendid sight, marching forward. Alas, there's nothing heroic about it. How could they have been such fools? Pity was, Moroni, or pity was Mormon's only reflection on the splendid sight. His last word to the survivors in the land is that they must lay down their arms and never take them up again, for they will never prevail by force. The only way they can prevail, he says is by repenting. Camorra was no solution. The war went right on among the, um, among the victors. Verse 19, O ye fair sons and daughters, ye fathers and mothers, ye husbands and wives, ye fair ones, how is it that ye could have fallen? But behold, ye are gone, and my sorrows cannot bring your return. And the day soon cometh that your mortal must put on immortality, and these bodies which are now moldering in corruption must soon become incorruptible bodies, and then ye must stand before the judgment seat of Christ, to be judged according to your works. And if it so be that ye are righteous, then are ye blessed with your fathers who have gone before you. In other words, they would be sealed by families. 
And oh, that ye had repented before this great destruction had come upon you, but behold, ye are gone, and the Father, yea, the eternal Father of heaven, knoweth your state, and he doeth with you according to his justice and mercy. I bear testimony that these things are true, that we need to look at these uh, experiences here that the Nephites are having and make sure that we repent before it is too late. And I say that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. See you next time.